Okay, Matt Preston, AKA Fella, is here with me on the Waves podcast. My name is Alexis Flo. I'm super duper excited to be conversing with Fella today. Been a longtime fan myself. I have a lot of good questions, and we have some questions from a fan that will be coming on later. Um, Matt, welcome to the Waves podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's an honor. Um, on the Wave podcast, we love to um, know what kind of waves you're making in the world. And not only that, but what, what it takes for you to make those waves, what it takes for Matt Preston to be Fella or to carry the Fella project forward, you know? So, um, so we like to understand your kind of philosophies and what it takes to make the waves you're making in the world. So super duper welcome happy to have you here oh thank you well hopefully i can shed some light on uh, sort of the background and some of the processes even if i'm not really sure what's happening a lot of the time but i'll i'll try my best <laughs> so matt you're coming in from bristol yeah bristol southwest uk uh it's kind of got it's, it's got a bit of a musical heritage shall we say so you sometimes feel the pressure when people mention bristol but uh Luckily, a lot of the sort of younger listeners and things I don't think are so uh, familiar with uh, Bristol's musical past, so you can kind of get away with it a bit more these days. <laughs> yeah, well, it, the Beatles, right? Uh, sorry, I'm just dropping things around my studio. Uh, no, the, the Beatles were up in Liverpool. It's just more sort of, uh, sort of trip hop, drum and bass, uh, hip hop. So sort of, mainly the trip hop stuff is what I think Bristol's mainly known for. Uh, or you sort of Porter's Head and Massive Attack and Tricky and Smith and Mighty and many, many, many awesome names. Yes, yes. Before getting into the, the drum and bass as well, but I'll, I'll just leave it there. Uh. <laughs> well, God, I mean, it seems then you're you're in, you're on fertile territory to to be making the kind of music you're making and to to, to be in an environment where there's lots of inspiration to create interesting music. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for those that don't know, Brit Bristol's kind of the opposite side of the country as uh, to London, but it's sort of surrounded by a lot of uh, sort of nature. And you, no matter where you are in the city, you can get out of it pretty quickly. So it's kind of a small, friendly place. Um, um, you know, there's there's enough going on, uh, but it's also you're you're not too sort of trapped within the sort of. Uh, the bleakness of a mega city, if you know what I mean. So, uh, best of both worlds. That's what I'm looking for. So, so um, you know, I'm a musician myself, and I really, really value the exquisite quality of, of your productions and what what seems like an incredible attention to detail in in your mixes. And, and, and oh, I, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Can you sort of walk us through? you know, you're in Bristol and you want to start making music, you have these ideas in your head and and then to to where where you've been and where you're at in terms of, of your productions. Like, did you go to sound engineering school? How did you? Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of self-taught in terms of production. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned two things there. You mentioned production and sort of attention to detail. I think I naturally am quite detailed in my approach to music the production stuff doesn't come as naturally that that's kind of a weaker side of uh 
not not you know it, it's it's harder work i should say um but in terms of like you know it, i mean i've been doing it a long time now so the process changes over time you know uh 10 15 years ago if i wanted to make music there wasn't much else going on so it's just music 24 7 which is why there was such a steady flow of it whereas i find these days i tend to have little pockets of writing time and then the music may sit there it may sit there for a few weeks it may sit there for a year and then i'll suddenly have oh it's finishing music time uh which is when i try and pol polish it off but i think i mean for me just if i want to do music and the music that's kind of resonates with people the most is the stuff where i feel something it's there there's a real sense within me that I want to capture something. I sit down, I just, my writing is kind of very improvisational. Um, it's very much messing around with a sound or a little melody or a progression and just adding and adding and adding, kind of kind of like a, like a guitarist would use a looper pedal and you build it up and build it up. I kind of, that's kind of my process. And then I typically kind of switch things off, play around, and then that's kind of as the, the arrangement comes. Um, but yeah, it, it, the music definitely benefits when I can kind of get completely in the zone and just kind of flow with the sounds. Um, and I think that's why I think when I was younger, I found the process a lot easier because there, there, there was less responsibilities. There's less, you know, less things going on. And I think as you get older, it's harder to find that time to fully immerse yourself in it as I used to. So I'm kind of constantly reevaluating how to work how i approach things and i think these days it's about finding finding little periods of time where if, even if it's a few hours or a few days where it's like i think this is the time where there's i mean my best time of year for writing music is kind of between christmas day and new year's day because i find no one really bothers you then so like my last two or three albums have literally all been written in that two week window. And then it's taken me like six months to flesh it out and finish it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's a set process, but I think that maybe covers some of the ground you mentioned. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I learned a lot of stuff through YouTube University and you, you said uh, you were self-taught. So um, you didn't go to school. You just you just started. Well, I, 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 I mean, the thing is to say I'm un, untrained or anything like that uh, is, isn't correct in the sense of music as a whole. So I, I learned instruments. Uh, I was, guitar was my main instrument. You might be able to see a few lurking in the background. Um, you know, uh, so I, I studied guitar and I did, I did go to university and studied uh, music technology and innovation, but it was very experimental and very artistic. So it was very conceptual there was a lot of acousmatic music um there was a lot of thought into like how sounds can affect the perceptions of a listener and the things you could play with their like minds with anticipations and uh you know but there was never there was not one single second in three years where this is how you use an eq this is how you use a compressor this is how you mix it down they had very little time for conventional music um uh you know so it was very abstract um but i would say whilst i was doing that in my spare time 
I was writing a lot of music and making a lot of music. Um, I had sort of friends and peers who were far more technically minded than me. You'd sort of, you. It's it's not that they would necessarily show me how to do things, but I'd listen to their music and be like, why is that so much louder, cleaner, better, full spectrum? Than, why does mine sound so bad? And then then back then, yes, the internet was there, but YouTube and resources like that weren't. So it was mainly uh, magazines, future music, computer music, sound on sound things like that and there'd be a little article on this is how you use a compressor so i'd i'd mess around with the compressor whilst and i'd I'd literally keep the magazine there whilst i was trying to mix down and be like oh right for a bass i should do this as a starting point um and then stuff kind of becomes second nature um but but even now i'm ri- the uh i mean i i know my my strengths are i would say sort of carving melody and harmony to form an emotive sort of soundscape the thing i struggle with as i mentioned is that polish is that because when i'm writing it's very much about capturing the mood capturing the essence and i'll be like getting an album ready to master and i'll be like oh the kick drum's really out of tune with this oh that's clashing with that because i'm just not my mind isn't you know oh frequency this boost this i i just can't write that way occasionally i try and it kind of sounds sounds better but i for me it's more about capturing the feelings out of time rather than trying to be sort of meticulous with the production got it got it got it interesting um so so uh, this is a two-pronged question i, I know Aphex twin is one of one of your influences or inspirations is that correct yeah when i when i was starting out definitely um um because this is something a lot a lot of people reference some very old interviews where i was talking about when i started out which was you know i was in my sort of mid-teens so you're going into the the late 90s i guess um at that time so when i was about 16 17 suddenly my mind you know coming from a guitar background uh, my mind was open to more electronic stuff around that time so listening to stuff like aphex twin and uh bookham and i don't know even stuff like the prodigy um kind of made electronic music seem a lot cooler to me and then that got me excited about writing and messing around with my own stuff um I mean, I, I'm not too up to date with any music these days, but when I was starting out, Aphex Twin definitely a very big influence. Well, it made me think of when you were talking about learning about abstract sounds and things like this, because uh, some of the, the the trip hop and some of the Aphex, Aphex Twin that I've heard and the garage music has a lot of interesting sounds. Um, but you know what I know of your music. I think you've described it as cinematic electronica. I read on. on the- yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not big into genres. I, I get a lot of names attached to what I make that I think are interesting choices. But um, I, I know you can't really make music and put it out in the world without people needing to put it in a box in some way or another. Um, so I always say I make electronic music, and then when pushed, I'll say cinematic or emotive. Uh, just, you know, because, yeah, I do make some stuff that works in a club and you could dance to, but most of it's more for home listening, uh, you know, a quiet moment of reflection or the when you're crashing after the party or just, you know, 
it's a little bit more suited to life and sitting in a dark room at home rather than uh, being in a big sort of party space. Got it, got it. Would you say then that your your music is more for inward or or is there a darker broody, brooding uh, kind of reflective aspect to it rather than a... Def definitely reflective. I mean, music for me now is no different to it was 20, 30 years ago when I was starting out playing with a guitar and, you know... Oh, I'm feeling excited. Oh, I'm writing some energetic songs. Oh, I'm feeling a bit sad. Suddenly the tone's a lot more somber. So um, it, it really varies depending on my headspace. Um, but I would say I think it resonates with people it's sort of in their own sort of personal space where they're, you know, a lot of good music in my mind accentuates what you're feeling. I think that's why people kind of say mu music is a drug because, you know, if you are feeling excited and you put some hype music on, it's going to take you up a level. If you're like feeling close to the edge, the emotions are building up and you put that tearjerker on, suddenly the eyes start weeping and off you go. So I think I would say a lot of the music, not all of it, but the, the music I'm kind of known for, I would say called, kind of accentuates people's feelings. Um, so whatever space they're in, maybe it helps just sort of solidify what they're thinking, get a little bit more sort of clarity of mind. Uh, now that could be in a dark place. It could be in a, you know, sort of coming through something. Um, you know, I get a lot of messages from people saying, it helped me get through a very dark time. So in a way, I guess, even if it is what might be deemed a negative headspace, it's helping someone get through that and come out the other side. Right, right. Yeah, it's helpful. It's, it's helpful to be able to acknowledge some of the emotions that are in the lyrics or in the feelings of the melodies of your music. And I know just speaking for myself, there are some tracks that are more like uh, that. I, Inception is a track that I play. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that tune. I love that tune. I, I play it out. I, I, it's got a little trappy vibe to it with the. the yeah, I think it's eight eight to eight drums on that one. So I think I think that's where that trappiness comes from. Lots of little hi hat rolls and things, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. So it's not like you know a blanket statement on all of your music, but there are there are songs you know like um, Afterglow is, I think one of one of your very well known songs. And yeah, the yeah definitely. I think it's got like 21 million streams on Spotify. It it does. I would quite like it if all the other songs had that many streams, but that seems to be the one that gets gets the play count. It, it's still slowly ticking along even after all this time. But that but that's that's the track I'm known for. But I think it came out at a time when that sound was kind of very new and shiny and exciting. And the main, um, at least in the UK, you know, around that time I got in a taxi in. Uh, London and the song came on the radio which was crazy that that's never happened since and I doubt it will happen again but I think the fact that that song appeared at that moment um, is kind of why it, it kind of is the song I'm known for yeah yeah that that is uh you know Fallen Light was the album that when I first tuned into you uh one of my good friends uh said you have to listen to this album from front to back. And I remember 
um, to go back to the emotive quality of your music. You know, some sometimes in the world at large, people say, well, electronic music, like it's just hard for me to feel it because it's not real instruments and things like that. But, yeah. But, but I would say that you're, you're, and that can be true, but I would say that- I, I used to be one of those people. Well, I, when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, my, you know, I have friends who listen to happy hardcore tape packs and I was like, this is ridiculous. Got a bit older, I was like, this is amazing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, depending on where you're coming from. But I would yeah. say your music, you know, for someone that would say that to me, I'll say, well, listen to to some fella and, and listen, you know, s s the one, some of them, on their own, the instrumentals, or some of them with the the artists that you collaborate with, it's a deeply heart-centered, soulful experience that that I know I have with it, and and that others that I know have with it. So it's it's a beautiful bridge. Um, do do you? So how do you go from being inspired by Aphex Twin and and Bookum and things like this to creating this very you know? what i what i would describe is is emotive emotive mm. heartfelt kind of music i mean i think because I, I think the thing is the interesting thing is is people like bookham and Aphex. there's there's plenty of songs that have feeling uh maybe it's a little less emo than my stuff but i mean i guess I, i've always even when i was younger um you know friends would be making it's a hip-hop track it's a drum and bass track mine mine would be a little bit more eclectic maybe maybe my old stuff sounded a bit like plaid to be honest with you um but what? just what? uh plaid, plaid plaid on warp on warp records um or you might say played played plaid i say plaid okay. uh um but just very melodic so i've always been interested in melody even when I was in bands i would try and squeeze in weird chord voicings and patterns on the guitar to kind of keep it a bit more interesting and it would it would always have a very emotive element so like i think even when i was a kid i had an emotive kind of sound i mean obviously it's a kid with a four track tape recorder and a guitar but it was very sort of melody centric and it was sad sounding fast forward 20 years well i've i've got more more musical toys to make the sounds with but if you wrote the music down on paper it it, it isn't that different so I, I think i've just inherently always had that uh I don't, I don't know not to sound cheesy but there's been like a sort of sadness in terms of the music i've made uh throughout my whole life um so i, I don't know if that's a reflection on me and maybe i need to cheer up a little bit more but but that's ju that's just the music i like the, the music i've engaged with made me feel something wow a lot and so i think by default when i make music i'm hoping the same thing happens with people listening to it got it got it um and and sort of reflecting on on your path with music did you when you were younger did you ever think you know i am going to be a musician that's successful enough to no 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 i i've had no aspirations whatsoever i've uh i i wouldn't say i was a bum because i i always had jobs a lot of them didn't last very long but i found i found a few jobs that were quite lazy kind of you didn't have to do much that left a little bit more time for music but i i've never had career aspirations my my main 
goal in life has typically been to avoid working too much, which is ironic because I've ended up doing music, which is more work than any job I've ever had in my life. But uh, yeah, so I, I, by accident, purely by accident, I was supposed to be a teacher in schools teaching music. I was kind of just finishing my training to do that when music started picking up. So uh, yeah, total accident. But uh, not sure I'd recommend it as a career choice for anyone. Uh, but it's it's interesting. And and is it is that how you make your living then through through music and yeah, yeah. I mean I've been full time. I mean I still had a job when I made Fallen Light. It was a very flexible, super supportive job. It was only in the afternoons to the early evenings. Uh, they let me have a few weeks off to write Fallen Light. Uh, and I was still working when Fallen Light came out and it got to the point where I was looking at a calendar pointing out what days I couldn't work and we realised that I was literally away every weekend for weeks on end so I was like uh, I suppose I should probably do this f full time I guess so I've, since the end of 2010 I've been full time music beautiful beautiful um yeah I, I know that there's glamorous parts of that and 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 not so glamorous. for some people i've yet to see it but <laughs> um so my question then is um i read somewhere that when you first started pu putting music out um that you were having a hard time getting feedback or getting being able interest to get their your music on later. yeah no yeah no there was no interest whatsoever um so how did you go what did you do because a lot of the listeners are musicians themselves yeah and would you know so knowing how you got from that point and and yeah I, it was it was a very different time this is a difficulty i have is i feel maybe five ten years ago my experience was a little bit more relevant to people coming up now but um I mean, essentially, um, some labels would get back to me. Most wouldn't. Some would say some nasty stuff. Some whatever. It's you know that's what happens when you put stuff out there. That's the price of art. Some would say if you want to call it that. Um, or creativity would be a better word than art. Art sounds a bit pompous. Uh, uh, yeah, I just saw that. I, ironically, this is this won't make any sense because the business isn't there. There's, there used to be a little record shop in Bristol called Chemical Records. Uh, they sold vinyl, but they sold digital music. And I noticed that they had a system where you could upload your own music and sell it there. Um, and I say it was ironic because they were the people that owned a few of the labels, one of which released Fallen Light. So, it, it, um, but essentially, I was like, I got bored of replying to people on MySpace saying, where can I buy the music? The answer was nowhere. So I uploaded it myself. Then I saw you could do the same for Juno Download. I think there were a few other sites. So I just uploaded it myself, uh, made up a random label name, then some asked some friends if they wanted to put some music out, which I did. Uh, so I just self-released stuff. And I, I did get a few releases on labels afterwards. Um, but the bulk of my music I've just self-released. So interesting, interesting. And so so was there a lot of marketing you were doing or did the music speak for <laughs> No. No, Mark, no. Uh, me and marketing don't go on very well. Uh, what I did, I would upload a release. I would go on an old website called Dubstep Forum, which has been replaced by a new version that 
looks scary. Uh, but uh, it used to be quite a kind of creative, positive place, the original site. Um, so I went on a forum there, said, here's this music. I went on an old forum called Hijack Bristol that I think is still there that no one posts on. And I posted it on an old forum called NewSchoolBreaks.com. Uh, so I posted it on three forums. And uh, I think at the time I said, hey, if you want to download a free 128 kilobit per second MP3, here's a download link. If you want to buy it, here's the 320. Nice go you know so it, it at the time a few people like why are you giving the music away and it it, it it doesn't seem as groundbreaking now but i a lot of people questioned why i was doing it and why i did it was people were saying thank you and the bumping the threads in the forum back to the top uh and then i'd wait for it to get to the bottom of the page and as soon as it went on page two i'd reply to people so it'd go to the top of page one Thanks. sink down but you you can't do that anymore so interesting interesting yeah that is i mean that is groundbreaking i remember thinking at the time like if you're gonna just give your music away how are you gonna make any money and you know qu questioning that whole yeah paradigm of, of i mean it 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 messes with my head a little bit because the two releases that have generated the most money on Bandcamp for me personally are my two albums i gave away for free so oh it, it's not a Donation. Yeah, because yeah, don't so name your price. Now it it really bothers me because part of me wants to just do that for everything, but I'm also quite scared because essentially most people are gonna be here's twenty-five cents or whatever, and it's like, well, cool, thank you, I appreciate that. But it tends to be that every now and then someone's just like, Hey, here's twenty bucks instead of five that I would have asked for. Um so it's a weird one so I, I i think it could work now i think the problem i mean i don't know i'm very out the loop the thing i would perceive as the problem is is at the time people still bought physical music but they also downloaded music whereas i think these days people like to just stream it mm -hmm. so i don't know if there is that same incentive to be like oh i'll just download it because it's like well to go and listen to an album on spotify costs you the same because you're going to pay them every month anyway or apple or whoever um so uh, yeah i i just don't know if that would still work because if i i i only ever download music when i'm like oh i've got to do a specific dj set right. i need to go and buy some music uh to play um so you know i'm I'm not critical of others for not downloading music i i literally just use streaming platforms all the time myself so right right so so then it makes you be creative in terms of other ways to make some hmm. doing this thing that you love um which so so aside from music music sales um i i know i know streaming pays some for the amount of streams um what are other ways that you know fella makes I mean, a living i mean it's pretty much just that these days um i mean i used to do more remixes i used to play a lot of shows um mm -hmm. i mean I, th I think for other people they would lean into like publishing maybe writing some music for adverts and things i mean i've never had much luck with that side of things um but i'd say I mean, I've got obviously got the dates coming up in the States. I've just did a festival in Croatia. So there are still some gigs, but I've gone from playing like 60, 70 shows a year to maybe playing like five or six. Um, so there is still a little bit like that. Um, 
I mean, I started a Patreon. It's only a small one, so that helps bring in a little bit. It's it's not it's it's not a lot, but I actually quite enjoy doing that. I do these streams and chat with people every month. It's, it's pretty cool, but yeah. So they're they're the only real main source of income is streaming revenue and Bandcamp. I'd say for me now, it used to be a lot more diverse, um, but I do think the longer you stay in music the those the opportunities sort of slightly uh will reduce Un- unless you're like mega trajectory upward the hottest thing right now uh which i wasn't even in 2010 so uh i'm not going to anticipate that happens for me now after doing it for 15 odd years but well we'll see matt you never know well we'll see we'll see yeah yeah we'll see but uh like like i said i'm not big into marketing uh you you'll get a social media post out of me uh you know events hit me up and say can you post the flyer for the event for the fifth time i'm like dude i post about my album once and move on like i'm i'm not into i've i know i should i know i if i make something i should shout about it for a year that that's my idea of hell it's just like i've got it i don't want to think about it anymore i got it over the line i never want to listen to it again let's make something new and shiny so got it got it so so it sounds like a lot of the fulfillment on this path uh this musical path for you is the the create the creative act the creative creating less so look at me or you know push i yeah i don't do the more narcissistic style of the music industry shall we say i should and my life would probably be better if i did but i think it would drive me insane um you know, I, I I get it, and I respect anyone hustling, doing the grind to get out there. Because fair play, it's just for me, it would break me emotionally to be basically jumping through hoops. I'd I'd feel like a killer whale in Sea World or whatever it's called. I'd just be like going round and round, and just like it's gonna break me, and I'm gonna eat the uh, <laughs> the keeper or whatever. Yeah, you can see a, a whale stuck in a in an aquarium doing the twirling for the people yeah things yeah i mean i'd i'd personally rather make 10 albums and not talk about them than make one album and really promote it which is this is not advice for anyone don't do this this is not good career advice but for for my sanity i like feeling like things are moving forwards because i think if you get caught too much in that world the metrics pull you in you're looking at oh but everything's a number and you're like this isn't as good i'm i i don't think that's very good for my well-being or anyone's really so i'm trying to get into the headspace if this is the project i want to finish it now to the best of my ability i'm not chasing perfection because that also drives you insane um keep it moving forward keep trying new things you know i'm supposed to be finishing a release now uh in the coming few days before i go to the states um but I've got another two releases waiting for me to finish before the end of the year as well, ideally. I don't know if I will, but I have the goal. If it doesn't happen, I won't beat myself up, but that's the plan, if you see what I mean. EPs, albums, singles, or...? Uh, the thing I'm supposed to be finishing off now is a seven-track EP, which there's because there's a song out tonight, tomorrow, depending on where you are in the world. Um but the EP should be out sometime around October. Again, I haven't finished it, so I, you know, I'm announcing it tonight or tomorrow. Uh, 
but it's not finished yet. So that's, that's just, I'm just going wild. Uh, and then the other one is, the, yeah, there's like a 17 track oh. chilled thing. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that just on Bandcamp. And then there's a kind of classical ambient instrumental thing. I don't know what it is. It's pretty chilled out. It's good to sleep too. So, well, do you? I mean, uh, you know, we'll we'll be sharing this with people and to get some of your fans excited. Like, can you share about the direction of these different projects or? Yeah, the the EP, which I need to come up with a title for in the next three hours, but I'm yet to. Um, so the next release is all 140 BPM, so dub, chilled dubstep vibes, kind of old school uh in theory it's seven tracks six of them are supposed to have vocals though one song may not depending on how i get on with it um that that's very fella that's the sort of thing you could expect in a dj set um the classical ambient thing as i call it is literally piano pieces strings uh kind of orchestral ambience very minimalist um and then this other album is just like an album I put together in 2017, I think it was, 2016, 2017, that I just haven't had time to finish. Um, which is kind of like very dated 90s chill out uh, that has no cultural relevance to music these days whatsoever. So that seems like a sensible thing to release because uh, I want to. <laughs> Well, Matt, I, the some of the worries as a musician they would have when when you speak of the marketing and things like that, like, do you not worry about not making enough money to continue doing this or or sort of? Oh yeah, every single second of every single day. Uh, it's it's if if yeah, I mean I, I I'm trying to not be too. I'm quite cynical and grumpy, uh, which is very different to kind of the West Coast vibes. Uh, so I'm trying to dial that down, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm always concerned about it, but honestly, my best bet is to release as much music as possible because I get music's. I mean, I used to release an album and people would still be talking about it six months, 12 months later. If I release an album now, if someone's talking about it six hours later, that's a win. Um, the commodity of music's just become. I just think it has a less significant role in life than it did back then. I think the nature, I, I mean, I love algorithmic playlist. Oh, wow, you're just feeding me music. I'm doing accounting and this chilled playlist is amazing. <laughs> so you've been listening to music for six hours. Who are you listening to? I've got no idea because music is worthless. Um, so I think I need the spike of releasing music because the, 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 coming down to landing it used to be like a smooth a condor flying in gently down now it's a little bit more just like i don't know like an anvil falling from the sky it's it's less graceful so i my my thing is if i throw as much stuff up into the air as possible maybe some of it will come down to glide uh most of it won't but it's it sounds then that like your uh marketing push is the music yes and that's when you're the word is out it's just you're speaking through the music yeah um i i get a sense of a, of a monk like quality to you as a yeah a, a hermit yes a hermit yeah in your, in your beautiful spaceship there yeah is that is that are you satisfied being a, a musical hermit in that way yes yes absolutely 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I, you know, in recent years, a lot of people struggled with being stuck at home. I, I was no different for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, in my, in the early days of kind of getting known, sort of 2009, 2010 time, I was in contact with a lot more musicians. There was a lot more excitement and you're kind of buzzing and feeding off of each other. But we were in our, you know, most of my peers then were in their early to late 20s, if not a little bit younger. You know, I'm I'm 41 now. I the, the people that I know in music are a little bit more settled. It's their kind of jobs now. There's less of that kind of childish excitement that that oh my word the world's my oyster whereas now you're like i need x amount of plays in order to pay the bill you know um i i like i mean i'm very detached from what's happening in music now i'm detached from what anyone else is making what's cool what isn't now that that is kind of a negative in some ways but it also i feel like i'm shield myself from being influenced by passing trends or right. you know I, I i just i've kind of reached a point where it's like i've released a lot of music i can tell you what songs people should go and listen to if they want to listen to the the best stuff um i could sit down and spend the next five years trying to replicate afterglow uh it wouldn't matter the time's passed i you wouldn't get that back and I think psychologically it can be a bit dangerous to think like that. Um, but saying that, the new EP is 140 BPM dubstep light. I know that face. Uh, <laughs> Someone's just joined the call. We've got a, we've got a Dave in the house. We've got a Dave in the house. Welcome, Dave. How's it going? Oh, it's great. Hi, Alexis. Hi, Matt. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah. I'm so. Great. So uh, yeah, welcome, welcome, Dave. Um, fellow was was just sharing about his um, afterglow, not trying to replicate something that that isn't relevant, but that he's got a kind of a musical hermit vibe in terms of music these days. Um, one question I had for you is how how did you feel in those earlier days, two thousand nine? When all of a sudden, you know, you put all this effort, all this energy, money into making an album that did, like you say, take off like a condor. Can you walk us through the feeling of, of what that felt like during those days? It felt a bit silly. Uh, I mean, I, I was still working at the time. And the, the, the thing is, I think it wasn't like I made a song and blew up overnight. I moved to Bristol and then had a moment where I was like, I'm going to really focus on music. I'm going to give myself till I hit 30 and if nothing happens then I'll call it a day. Um <laughs> but it was it was a slog cuz uh, you know uh, I uh, pe some people may know this if they've watched my streams. I don't ne give my songs any names. Um they're just numbers. Uh like sequential numbers. So I moved to Bristol and restarted the system and Afterglow was project 368. So I'd made 368 songs at that point before starting to be really known and it was lots of small steps uh so it wasn't really overnight or anything um okay so it was i mean it, a, a complete you know no no it, it definitely picked up after i made afterglow it picked up a lot more when afterglow got released um 
But the thing is, I was playing as many nights a year or two beforehand. It's just suddenly people were paying for me to get a taxi there. And then suddenly people were bringing me drinks. And then suddenly I had some money in my hand. Um, and, and that was cool. It was, it, I, I don't know, it just felt ridiculous. I, it, it wasn't a career plan, so it was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was it was weird because it. I think I think actually right, less the music side of things. It was interesting seeing how people around you were. So some people were very supportive. Other people kind of became very kind of distant. Uh, uh, so it was it was it was it was an interesting time just to be like, oh, these these people have got your back. These ones less so, but. Um, yeah, it, it was fun times. I, I would I would kill for that time and energy uh, with music. Um, you know, the, it, I was just making music every day. And if I wasn't making music, I was playing music somewhere. Um, it was seven days a week, 365 days a year, nonstop music. And looking back, that, that, I, I don't miss the excitement of being relevant or being on the radio or being on a ma magazine cover or something. I miss just making music all the time, but it's much harder these days. Well, um, what in in a moment, Dave? I'll let you ask some of the questions you've prepared. Um, but I just kind of want to complete this thought: is what 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 do you have? Kids, wife? Like, what's getting in the way of of making music? Uh, well, it's just just responsibilities, you know. Uh, I'm sort of married, got two cats. Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, you, you've gone from kind of being in a house where, you, you know, in a shared house where everyone's messing around with music and it's all you do to, you know, having just, just general responsibilities. And, you know, I, I guess when I made Fallen Light, for example, I made most of that album in less than a month. And I just remember, you know, my housemates... I, I didn't cook any food for three weeks. A housemate would just bring me food. I didn't have to make a cup of tea or coffee. It would just randomly appear. Uh, people would be would come around, walk past my bedroom, and be like, what's this? This is cool. And you'd be like, oh, you've just given me some energy. So it was very social. It was, uh, life's just very different. You know, I mean, I, I would say I used to have as many visitors into my house in one day that I do in one year now. It's just that, that, the you know that youthfulness the the socialness of it you know and picking up and sharing each other's energy everyone's kind of depleted so you know people that i would see once a week i see once every five years now repeat for 20 odd people you're not picking up so much energy i'm more tired i've been doing music full-time for 15 years and not sleeping um you know i used to be able to go and play a show not sleep come back and get straight on music i played a show a week ago in croatia missed sleep for three nights out of four i still feel terrible a week later you know i i've not been able to do any music this week because i'm so tired then you got you know so so it's less the the things that are in your life it's more the things that aren't you know so sort of a lot of friends hyping you up and energy energy is the big one <laughs> energy well you know given that you're sharing this would you consider you know some co-working co-lab working because it sounds like the, the energy is is filling you up uh, or or, or inspiring well, I, I just i mean I, I i mean i honestly think a big part of it was the sound i was making 
and a lot of my friends were making was a very new cool thing at a time when we were all still going out enjoying music people were buying physical music people going out and the clubs were smoky and dingy there weren't sound rest- it was a much freer time not to sound like an old man shouting at clouds um <laughs> whereas you you know i mean i could literally if i could beam in the 20 people who used to be kind of hype men for me now they wouldn't be hype men because they haven't got any energy and they're tired too because you know we're, we're all a lot older so um yeah so it's not like one thing it's just i think it's just getting older you know someone told me when i first started going professional make the most of this um because as soon as you hit your 30s with some responsibilities that this is going to really suck now i don't think it sucks but i get what they mean in terms of you know i used to just stay up all night making music every night go to work i mean i can stay up and do music now if i try it a second night i'm ill for a week uh so that's, it's more that I, I'm getting old, so I'm not going to point the fingers anywhere. I'm just getting old. Well, well, the, the beautiful thing about it is, and you shared earlier, Dave, he shared earlier that w- one of the joys for you or one of the main joys is being in the creative process. And it, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like, you know, age or, uh, you know, less social friends around could would get in the way of that now. So, no, exactly. Got yeah. your love there. Yeah, exactly. So I think my thing is, is the process has changed. I used to start a couple of hundred songs a year. You know, they could be sketches, they could be fully fledged thing. I'd spend 52 weeks a year making music. Now I might get a little window of two or three weeks a year now, but I kind of make it count a lot more. So I, I probably, I used to make 200 tunes a year. These days I probably make less than 20. Uh, but most of those tunes will be released and finished in some capacity. Whereas back then, you know, I can look at an album like Tides or Lost Time and some of those albums, I was churning out ideas constantly for a year, maybe more. I might have 300 ideas started, most of which never got released. These days, okay, well, how many songs have I made this year? Probably 10. Well, seven of those are going on this EP. One of them's going on an ambient album next year. Um, so the success rate is higher. The The productivity... I Yeah, I think I'm more productive by just have less time. Right, so, right. It, it sounds like a, a kind of a mature focus, uh, following through from beginning to end on, on a track or, or on a project. And rather than you know explore a hundred different zones you're you're exploring 10 but yeah yeah with a bit more focus and i think i mean i guess in the past i'd be a little bit maybe a bit more experimental just like, oh let's see what happens what what happens whereas what tends to happen is is of i can spot when the window of creativity is opening i'll be like oh i've started something i started something else and then i'm like oh maybe the third song is okay that's that's good let's can i build a release around this it doesn't matter what direction it's in can i use this to my advantage um and kind of harness that energy and process um because i know six months down the line i might want to make something completely different so yeah it's it's very different now um so i i spend a lot of time trying to finish music i spend very little time writing music um 
but I'm probably releasing more music now than I used to. So I, I've got no idea which which way's the best. So, <laughs> well, that's uh, mm. thank you for walking us through that evolution in that process because I think you know as musicians sometimes we are fully aware of this process but listeners have no idea what it took to make those six seven songs um well matt i you know D dave introduced me to you and uh you know i shit you not for for about 10 years we've called you fela that's fine we thought did you did you fela forever did you did you spell it correctly? We spelled it correctly. Yeah. Well, then that's fine. Okay, I appreciate that because we're having a hard oh. time going to Fela um, yeah. because you've existed <laughs> as Fela forever. I, I didn't know how to say it. I chose it visually, uh, which you may have read. So I, I literally chose it visually. I was sat on my own. I made, registered the MySpace because it didn't return. Zero results on Google, made up word. Sweet, perfect. Perfect. Um, Send the link to someone. I think I sent the link to a singer, Imitri, who's on a few tunes, and he literally said, "How do you say it?" And I was like, "I, uh, I don't know, <laughs> fella." Fella, oh, we Yeah. Well, oh. so, so you forgive us for for saying fella. If it... oh, there's nothing to. Yeah, yeah. Say fella. Is if you spe spelling. Okay, spelling. Spelling really annoys me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll spell it yeah. right, but. But yeah, we've been active listeners and and following you and and your music and 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 I play your music out and share your music with people for a long time. So it's truly an honor to be having this conversation with you. Um, you know, Dave, Dave is a big fan and he's prepared a couple of questions for you. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it, Matt. Thanks so much. Uh, this means quite a bit. So I really appreciate you. Oh, I'm glad you could be here, Dave. It was yeah. a bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise. I was like, Imagine. yeah, I could just see a tiny, you appeared at the top of the screen. I was like, <laughs> I know him. <laughs> Thank you for, for um, recognizing me. I, I'm, I'm so honored. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I have a couple questions around a new day. Um, okay. I got to tell you, I, I it's one of your strongest albums amongst a whole oh, wow. series of really strong albums it, yeah I, it's it's all right i yeah i don't mind that one it it, it yeah i i it, it it didn't quite get where i wanted it to be but it's yeah it's it's on the correct side of five rather than the wrong side of five when given it a score so yeah um the first time i listened to it um i was completely blown away Oh, I appreciate that. So Devin's got two tracks on the album. And yes. I think that's only matched by Sound Mouse and Augustus on prior albums. Is yeah, that something well, you... that you particularly focus on or it just organically happens? It th Sometimes these things happen. I think, um, which song? We did the song Burning Light first. Mm -hmm. um, and I got some vocals for that track. And I loved it. And there was another song, because in my in my head, I kind I don't, I used to write for specific singers. Now I kind of just write kind of oh this would work with vocals. Let's see what happens. Um, and there was this other song, and I think I had someone in mind for it. 
and they weren't available to work on the song. And I was, I think I was listening to Burning Light and I was just like, that voice would work on this. Because um, I think her background's a little bit more uh, country guitar led music. And I was like, wait a minute, the song One Chance, didn't have a title then, but became One Chance, is basically a guitar track. So I thought, do you want to try this? And then I ended up loving that one even more than Burning Light. So it was, it was, it, it would have been a completely different singer, but quite often someone's not available or whatever. So yeah, purely by chance. So that leads me into my next question. It sounds like you already have a track prepared and then you bring a vocalist in yes. to layer on top of it. Yeah, that's even more amazing because I would think that, or my question would be, do you interview or meet with someone to kind of get an understanding of their vocal style and then create a track? No, I should. You, yeah, but your genius, I think, is you've already got it. Developed. I mean, I, th I, well, I, I'm glad you think so. I think. In, in, I don't know, maybe it's just the way people I've known work, but normally you make the track, like any song of mine with vocals on, I mean, you call it a collaboration because there's two artists involved in it, but every song, whether that's Afterglow, uh, Whistling in the Dark, uh, One Chart, all of those songs instrumentally basically do not change. Uh, I will make the song and be like, I think that's enough to work with and send it to a singer. Occasionally, you might pull some stuff back if it's a bit busy with the vocals and be like, I really like that bit of piano, but it, there's no room for it with the vocals. So you you sacrifice some sounds occasionally. But uh, yeah, the music is kind of always kind of written before the singers get it. Fascinating. Fascinating. A um, couple quick questions. Not by all means. When when I first heard Breakdown, I, I literally had to sit down and take my jaw and put it up back in my mouth. I was just oh the last song, the last song on a so, yeah, yeah yeah. It is a banger. That one is a banger actually. Uh, do you do you know what was weird is I've realised that because the the funny thing with that album is a couple of the songs are like a decade old. And they were just sat around and I started dusting them off to use on my Patreon. And I was like, this sounds really good on this playlist with these new songs. Can I kind of polish them up and make them sit with newer stuff, which I did. But um, yeah, the last track on the album in my head, I was like, um, this album is getting very fallen light. It's very 140 BPM focus. Um one, I mean, I have quite a lot of regrets with Fallen Light. It was done very quickly. But I was like, what if you did, like, the, the track Fallen Light on the album was very kind of breakbeat influenced. I was like, what if you did that properly? And that was kind of what I had in my mind for, the, for this album. was like, what if you have this pretty chilled album and then just put a banger on the end and then it ends? Yeah. <laughs> You know, no one, no one listens to a whole album anymore. No one's going to even know it's there. That's kind of why I did it as a single as well. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, no one listens to from start to finish anymore. I do. Well, I appreciate you, Dave. You, if uh, I, I appreciate anyone listening start to finish, because I, I still create things to be listened to from start to finish. Yeah. I'm just aware, and the way Spotify and all these websites work 
they make it abundantly clear to you that people are not listening to it start to finish. So I think maybe that, that gives you a little bit more, you know, maybe I wouldn't have made that track because I would have been, oh, it's too much of a curveball. But I, I just thought it would be funny to put it at the end and kind of mirror the Fallen Light album where it's all very floaty and then there's kind of a breaksy song that was literally made on my friend's sofa on a laptop uh, using his TV as speakers. Uh, the song Fallen Light. I was like, what if you did that on an actual proper speakers with synthesizers? And... Oh, my God. So I, that, that's I, what I that adore, tune was. I adore Fallen Light, too. I think it's one of your strongest albums. Fallen Light into Tides, into, like, five more or eight more like my yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah i've made i've made too many some some would question the quality control but uh i i just like i just keep like moving things forward i i i don't want to tread water shouting about the same release and i mean i may maybe if i made something that i was head over heels in love with maybe i'd want to shout about it but like music's a little bit like trauma for me it's like the sooner we can get on and move past this and get this out of the system and get on with something new and it, it's 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 i love making music i'm really bad at finishing it and getting it over the line so that can often be quite psychologically draining so by the time it, it's out there i'm like here's some new music yeah you go and listen to it i'm never listening to it again there's there's literally one album of mine i can listen to uh so the rest of them i'm like it's out off you go i'm making some new stuff now Wait, which album illusion of the tale oh the ambient album oh my god it seems illusion seems to have been the introduction to ambient for me oh amazing i'll put, I'll, I'll put on illusion when i'm i just kind of want to like float around and space out you know, I'll, I'll... that's the that was the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah. It's because it. And just kind of, oh my god. It it was made at a time when I kind of just started kind of living alone and was working late at night. And there was like I was living somewhere very quiet. I mean, I'm based near a road now, so it, it's working at night time's good because it's quiet. But where I was before, it was just chilled all the time and overlooking this beautiful old cemetery. And I I just that album for me i mean it's 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 just ambient it's just some ambient music there's there's nothing groundbreaking or cutting edge or especially creative about it but the process i loved i i literally listen to that album out of enjoyment uh i don't go you know if i listen to other stuff i'm constantly like oh listen to that oh i missed that oh why did no one point that out to me was i deaf was I momentarily deaf when I decided to put that sound there? That's ruined it. Oh yeah, I'm ter terribly uh, crit critical of my own work, but I, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't trust anyone who isn't. I mean, of you, course, I, of course. People can be excited about their work, but I, I like a little dab of. Does this sound all right? I, I, I find endless self-belief concerning, but yeah, that. I heard a quote once, Matt, that said something like, we never complete our works of art. We just at some point decide to walk away. Yes, 100%. So so the thing could always keep evolving if you wanted it to. Yeah. What One oh, thing God, I wanted no. to say was the, the, the new day, um, fall in light. Sometimes art has a quality of like a je ne sais quoi, like some, something that just feels there's something there. And then... Hmm. Maybe a, a 
what some people call like there's a sublime element to it. It's you can't quite say what it is that just captivates or captures you and has this kind of timeless feeling to it. And I, with Dave, agree that a new day has that. Like, oh, I'm so glad to glad you think so. Yeah, there's a there's a inspired, soul filled quality to it. The the uh, sound production is like as top notch as anything you've done. Maybe even more so. Very sparkly, clean sound. Yeah. I, I, oh, I appreciate that. I was kind of you to say like I. It's. I think my thing is 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 like I'm always trying to make it better. And then by the time it comes to finish a record, I've kind of forgotten the things I learned from the previous one that were useful. So I'm almost starting again. Like I, I listened to a EP like Embers. I wish I understood how I made that record because that sounds phenomenal to my mind. Uh, I cannot get anything to sound as good as that since. Uh, maybe it's the style of music. Maybe, I don't know. But I do feel like every time I do an album, I'm pushing to make it better but I'm also forgotten everything I've learned up to that point in a weird way. So certain albums, I'll be really happy with how the treble sounds or the stereo works. Other albums, I'll be like, the snare drums sound amazing. And then the next one, I'll be like, the snare drums sound like cardboard. Uh, it, it's it's really hard for me because I, I'd, I, I'd, yeah, I'd, part of me was, I'd love to see what would happen if you just gave all the songs to a professional mix engineer and then got it mastered by a, the super top level people and but then maybe it would lose something it was so that all yourself then you don't you do all uh i mean i i, I mean i mix everything i i do get stuff mastered but the ep i've got coming up i want to be the last one i get mastered by someone else because you i mean they always always bring something different but it's always a bit back and forward and a bit of compromise because I'm like, I've got this guy to redo this song nine times. I mean, on a new day, the amount of back and forth, one of the songs on a new day is the wrong version, but it reached a point of back and forth where there was kind of like communication breakdown. And I pointed it out and the guy was like, I can't do it for you. I can't re I basically, I can't listen to this bloody album anymore. So one of the songs is the wrong mix that got missed in a round of revisions, but I was so focused on vocal songs, I missed it. So what I want to do is if I do it myself, buffer in more time, maybe it won't be done as well, but there isn't this element of me feeling like I'm annoying someone by being like, can I do it again? Oh, oh, now, because for, for any listeners that don't know, when you get the music mastered, they make it loud and shiny and suitable for consumption, but you hear things that you didn't hear before. So suddenly a vocal can be too loud or a drum hit or you notice some clicks and pops. So then you want to fix it. So then you send it back. They have to do it again. And this goes back and forth and it takes ages. Some people, it you know, I've racked up some quite high costs on previous albums by just doing a song a few too many times and being like well that's cost me twice as much as if i'd gone with the first version but so i I want to bring everything in house but i do i do mix everything myself to answer the question yeah yeah so so your ears are good and and that is a frustrating thing i've dealt with the same thing because you know i consider the songs i put out like babies and once you put them out you can't put them back in the womb right yeah so that little click is going to be forever embedded in yeah yeah 
then it does matter. But when you're working with someone else who doesn't have the same passion as you for what the, what the meaning of this song is, yeah. And either you just keep feeding them money, or you try and convince yourself that you're you're just lost in perfectionism, and you should yeah. just you know let it go. Yeah, I have this weird thing where I listen to the released versions of my songs and I always go, oh, I wish I wish it sounded like the version I was listening to at home where I just mastered it myself in 15 seconds. I didn't do much to it, but in my head, you know, I know the songs because a problem I've had in the past is you get an album mastered, it gets sent to you and you're like, oh, there are these clicks and sounds. And they're like, no, there isn't. And I no, there is. Well, I couldn't hear anything. It's like, yeah, but that's because... You don't have to listen that hard. And yes, I understand most people would miss it. But I kind of want someone to master it who does care as much as I do, because then they wouldn't miss those things. And I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know, it may be a bad thing, but I... Because I, I think the issue I've had is if I finish the song, I need a month off of listening to it before I could master it. You know, as as I mentioned earlier, I've got an EP that, in theory, I don't know if it's announced, but the pre-order will be on Bandcamp in three hours. That doesn't have a title yet, and uh, only one one song's mastered. So I've I've had to put some fake audio up that no one will be able to hear, so that Bandcamp lets me kind of post it. But but essentially, everything's such a r mad rush these days. Mm. I would have loved to master this EP I've got coming out, but I've also got to go to America next week for a tour that I am completely not prepared for. I've got nothing ready. I know where my passport is. My passport's over there. That's the only thing I have ready. I've, I haven't sorted out music. I don't know where I'm staying for half the shows. I don't know how I'm getting to half the shows. But I also need to release the music tonight, go to America next week, but also finish the EP before I go to America next week. And that seems to be how it is these days. Um, so yeah earlier we were talking about responsibilities i i also think the time of fall and light music was just fun so i just made music whereas now it's a business so i also whilst i'm on tour i will be doing my accounts which are due when i get back so you know it, it that there's all this other stuff in the back of my mind there's the oh i need to prepare stuff for my patreon whilst i'm away oh i need to do this other thing you know, uh, oh, I told someone I'd do a few press interviews or something like that. You know, suddenly there's more and more things need doing with less and less time. And I, I think I think that's kind of the the, the crunch of uh, doing it as a job. Yeah. In a hyper hyper paced world where everyone needs the thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. no one's as interested in quality checks, but more of the quality. Yeah. And and it's hard because the the people in your life around you generally don't live that existence. So at five p.m. they finish, and at the weekend they can do the gardening or a bit of you know sorting out the house or going to visit friends and family. Whereas in my mind, I'm like five p.m. Oh, better get going. You know, make the most of the evening. The weekend comes around. Oh, there's no alarm clocks at the weekend in the house. We should you know let's be productive. Let's and then it, the week's gone and then you know so that's another thing it's a bit harder as the most people around you're a little bit more i was going to say normal but what i actually should say is sensible because they all look quite well rested and uh you know yeah well that's a kind uh kind quality <laughs> dave do you uh 
Do you have another question? Yeah, well, I have first I have a comment. Mm -hmm. um, last week, uh, I went to a listening party in San Francisco. Um, one of our local venues has a, a thing called Envelop, and it was a Aphex Twin uh, listening party of just selected. Oh, for the new EP. Yeah, he just released, I think, a series from 88 to 91 or something. Oh, maybe it was like that's. No, I don't know. Maybe that was on SoundCloud or something. Yeah, um, but it was just uh, last night that there was a Sade listening party. So it's it's all over the board. Dark Side of the Moon was a few weeks ago. Nice. But I heard a lot of your influence during the Aphex Twin. I'm not that familiar with his music, but I oh my God, now I see where Matt has yeah, some of so gestation. Yeah, selected ambient works and the very liberal use of reverb uh, had a very big impact on me. And now I have even more liberal use of reverb, which is why I probably struggle to produce much, most of my music because it's 90% reverb, and uh, <laughs> which gets very messy. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, Dark Side of the Moon spent a lot of time listening to around the time I was talking about earlier. I was talking about when I started getting into electronic music coming from a guitar background and Dark Side of the Moon, although not necessarily an electronic album, although it has a lot of influence from like uh, Varese and more acousmatic type things. Uh, that's a very, very trippy album that was, you know, very influential as well, you know. Um, yeah, for 1973, pretty, pretty crazy. My God. Last question. Um, outside the Lines with Shauna yeah. on A New Day. It's just a gloriously delicious track. My God. When I'm down, oh, I just like put on Outside the Lines. Uh, will you be working with Shauna again? Or would you like to? Maybe you'll like the new EP coming in a few months' time, Dave. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fantastic. Epic. That's a great answer. She, her voice is uh, so sweet. You guys oh she's she's great she 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 is amazing amazing talent but she's so down to earth and chilled and like i i i really value that like i mean most people i work with are very down to earth but like i just get a very chilled vibe you know it's like hey do you want to feature something try something yeah cool yeah here you go here's some bits do you need any more bits uh yes please okay there's some more oh here you go this is what i've worked on is that cool? Yeah, it's real cool. It's, it's just so laid back. So, yeah. Is she in Bristol? She's somewhere in the States, I believe. Oh, okay. I might I might be wrong. Oh. But, so you yeah. just collaborate, you just email snippets back and forth until... Yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, I might be misremembering. I think she reached out to me years ago about working on something. Which is kind of how most of the collaborations start. Um, but it's all down to when someone emails me. So if someone emails me and I'm not writing, it's not, you know, well, I'm not writing. Um, so I think a few times she'd reached out and the timing hadn't been good. And then I think, because outside the lines, that song was, I'd have to check, but it was originally either supposed to be on Tides or the cold in you it's like it's a pretty old song 
uh, and it kind of got put to one side. Um, and then I it, I found it and was like, ooh. And then I suddenly was like, oh, what was that? Who, who was that singer that asked to work on something? Hey, do you want to try this? Yeah. Does this sound cool? Go away and have a play. Yeah, that sounds cool. Then off we go. So fantastic. It's, it's not very back and forth. It's pretty much a, here's this. And then I normally say, can I get another verse? Can I get a harmony? Mm. Is it possible to get a few more takes that part? So I've got some variation. Uh, I, I normally just let singers get on with it. And then I will go in with a thousand scalpels and microscopes and really get in there. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes they like that. Sometimes they don't. But we'll see. And Matt, question, because a lot of the artists that the, and the vocalists that you've worked with, I didn't know until they were featured on your song. So are, are are these artists reaching out to you? Are you, you know, finding them through their own releases or how, how are you making? It's changed. It's changed. I, I think there were several stages of collaboration where in the early days, it would be a friend of a friend, uh, you know, even even a few years into it, Sal Mouse was a friend of my old housemate who's like, oh, my mate would is, sings, you should send her some music. Okay. Well, she seems to be good in B flat. I'll make her a song. B flat. There you go. Try that. Boom. Afterglow. Uh, Damn. Then, then you start you start getting known, and then people are very interested in working with you, but they want you to make an afterglow. Mm. So you're like, hey, I've made this, and they're like, but that's not afterglow. Well, I know it isn't. Um, so you end up in this weird thing where lots of people want to work with you, and then you start, and they go, nah. Well, you know, I had Tides was an album that had a load of vocal features that just didn't happen at the last minute because people were like, well, you didn't make Afterglow, so uh, this isn't going to be as big as that. So they disappear. Uh, then you start, then dubstep bubble bursts and it's kind of harder to attract people because it's like, oh, but you make that genre that's really not very cool anymore, so I don't really want to work with you. So now I'm in a weird thing where the people on upcoming releases are either people that reached out to me a long time ago or i'm finding people on fiverr like the place where you pitch for like graphic designers or a singer or you because for me rather than sitting on soundcloud and emailing people and not getting very positive responses it's like oh this person can sing so uh devin from a new day i was on fiverr so that's basically like you could hire me to write a top line for your song. Um, and that's how it is. And there's uh, another chap's done something on the next EP. But um, yeah, the, the next EP is just a couple of people that I've worked with in the past. One person I haven't, the last song I did with them was about 15 years ago. And one, as we may have given away already, was on a more recent release. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah okay well that's interesting. that's interesting i always wondered are you know are these friends of friends because these you know they're not names um matt do you ever do you ever consider um you know using all of your your musical talents to create something totally different than the fella project yeah i mean i i had a side project there's like there's an album that i made in 2014 i again it's on my list of stuff i want to finish that's real fun and uh anyone who's heard it is like why don't you do that this is much better than fella 
and it's, it's really annoying because I kind of agree with them, but I feel like it's missed the window. Uh, but I would like to finish that off at some point. Um, what, what is, yeah. What is oh, I'm not going to give that away. Let's, uh, I'll keep, 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 keep it secret for now. Um, it's just more fun and silly, a bit more acidy and uh, dancey. Um, yeah, the difficulty I have is there's a lot of stuff I would like to do. I also like paying the bills. So you're stuck in that awful thing of like, I've only got a week to make music in the next six months. Mm. Do I have fun, which I would genuinely really like to do, or do I get something that, you know, means I can feed the cats? Uh, I, I still have fun making the fella music, but it is a tricky thing when your creativity becomes monetized because you try not to be influenced by it in any way. I mean, I don't think I am too much. I'm not saying like, Sal Mouse, get over here. We're going to make 20 tunes and hope one of these sticks like Afterglow because that would be the sensible thing. I go the other way. I'm like, no, I'm going to make a pompous, ambient classical album. Um, <laughs> but I do like knowing the cats will eat well tonight. So if I've got a week to make music, I'm going to probably make the music that will get the most plays. Uh, which is sad, but I also have fun making it as well. It's just a different kind of fun. And it's kind of annoying because it's harder to produce the fella stuff than the dancey stuff with one synth and a drum machine. Mm -hmm. uh, That's an interesting I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought it like that because um because it's it's feels like you have quite a bit of range of uh, emotion and and production style and vibes and bpms and so i wouldn't imagine you feeling super limited within the the fella project i, I, I mean I, yeah i still i mean embers ep is very dancey it's four kind of dancey tunes and three ambient tunes you know so i, I am happy to try stuff i mean ambient stuff fits because all my music has ambient parts. It's just if you mute the beats and the bass, there's normally an ambient track underneath all of my songs. Um, so that isn't too far removed. But I think if it's like, hey, this is a comical, silly party tune, yeah, I probably could do it. But if someone's used to putting on my music because they're at their, I don't know, grand's funeral or something, it's like, hey, I know this, I know this guy. We're all feeling a bit sad. And then some like happy hardcore comes on with like woo yeah i'm having a good time it's like we're just burying grand this is not suitable fella uh you know that's kind of why it, it, it needs to be a little bit emo <laughs> so you know yeah i see it, well i i wanted to affirm something which you know um i i get that that the algorithms and the playlist are just pushing out so much content in a way that you know 20 years ago you just didn't have as much access to all kinds of music but no I would say that uh, this is my my opinion, but also based in reality is, you know, I know Dave is a hardcore, like, you know, massive respect to an artist who is creating a, a composition that's meant to be a fully, you know, a full album. Yeah, full body of work, you know, in a way, yeah. And then I, th I think, you know, rather than a hit single, hit pop, hit thing here, there, that there are many, I would say, in the, in the market of, of, you know, listeners, that there are many people like myself, probably, pro you know, Dave, I, I imagine you, that 
would be those kind of super fans that that appreciate yeah the, the thoughtfulness of, of creating a whole concept of an album and starting it and ending it as, as a, an experience um, yeah i mean I, I i think there's definitely an audience for that still i mean i i think i survive on music by maybe 100 150 people who are mega supportive and then it, as you go outwards it becomes a little bit more casual but I mean, I, I just, it's the way I found music. I, you know, even on a, with a Walkman, it was such a pain to skip a song. You'd <laughs> be like, oh, I've missed it, gone back. So you'd endure the song you didn't like so that you wouldn't miss the start of the one you liked. Yes, uh, you yes, did. Yes. Um, so I, I still love, I mean, this, the problem is, is I, I mean, I talk about playing, playing it safe and doing music that will, you know, feed the cats. Um, but if I really, truly wanted to do that, I would just upload a song at a time. And I I, I, I respect people and understand why a lot of artists, especially if they've come up in the last few years, they upload a song at a time, song at a time, song at a time, because that maximizes your play count and your visibility. So it does make sense. Um, uh, but I also know if I go on an artist's profile and I click albums and it's empty, I, it's not that I don't respect someone as much because I respect the hustle and I respect them doing that way. But in my mind, I think something I used to like was giving people a CD of music where it's like, this is a collection of music that I've given you now. This is, this is framed in this moment of time. Here is a body of work. And I don't know, for me, for me, I'd rather make an album than release 10 songs, even though I'm going to get 10% of the plays I could, because it just feels like more proper. I don't know if that's terrible English, but it feels more real. It feels more like I've made this. I've made it for me. I Hopefully I've made it for you or one or two other people. Sometimes that might be only be one or two people. Sometimes it might be one or two thousand. By Philip's much easier to engage with i guess any kind of art if it is part of a body of work um and it just seems more authentic to me than one song at a time so but I, yeah i know there are some people that still enjoy albums uh you know i speak to a lot of them most days um uh, I buy. I mean, I'd love a return to the days of albums but i, I just don't think it's going to happen with the way technology has evolved and consumption has reflected that it's a very next 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 um we'll, we'll see maybe it'll come back again i have a, I have a comment on that and not to go back too far in time but sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band is the album to listen to from start to finish i would never just drop the needle on a day in the life and yeah. go, okay, that sounds great. I mean, this is a composition. And I think, I and mean, that's just the first one that comes up. We talked about Dark Side. That's another yeah. album that you just have to play. So I don't, I don't necessarily play yours one off. I might put it occasionally on shuffle for just all your music. Yeah, just to mix it up. And yeah. hear it a little differently. Like something from Clarity back to you know, Tides, and then a New Day, and then, um, 
God, what was before tides? The the something in you. Um, uh, cold in you. The cold in you. Thank you. And then to, you know, like, so, and then I'll hear your music all in a different light. It is interesting jumping between time periods with the music. Yeah, but it all seems to flow for me. Well, you know, um, it, it makes me just as happy then as it does listening to the whole album. So. Yeah, I, I I agree. You know, and and Matt, since you were talking about, since we had touched on the fact that you know you don't do a big social media marketing promotional thing, that um, it 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 would even make make sense for you to be doing singles because that would be popping up on people's radar. Yeah. I'm not very sensible with this, am I? It's what we're learning here is how not to do music, but how not to do music, but how to stay sane. Uh, well, you know, something I've noticed, which I don't fully grok yet, is that I know some some bands I like, what they do is they complete the album, then they release one track at a time, which will hmm. create that blip on the radar. But it is, you know, the the whole time the listener and the, or the fan knows that this is part of a, bar, a bigger body of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of do that. I mean, I kind of do that. I mean, th- this EP is problematic. I envisage doing three or four singles off this EP. But what you normally do is you get everything finished and then you do a single. Whereas I kind of ran out of time because I I basically, I only made this EP because this EP was supposed to come out in time for the American tour, which it just hasn't. But I'm like, one song has to be out for the tour. Like there needs to be some kind of carrot to say, please come to a show, please. Uh, So new music is that carrot. So I basically finished two songs. One's coming out. One's coming out in less than three hours where I am, um, which I should probably go and sort out shortly. But um, uh, and one's coming out shortly after the tour finishes. Uh, So there's two songs that are finished. Only one's mastered and signed off. But uh, yeah, the other songs need finishing. So everything's a bit backwards. So I, I singles off of a release does make sense. I think doing every song separately might be a step too far, but I, I yeah, I think singles is fine because they always people always did singles, um, even back then. Well, so yeah. I, I know we're we're gonna start to to land our our conversation here. Dave is I I have one or two questions left that I think would kind of land. Okay, okay, perfect. I'm 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 happy. I'm I threw my list. Oh. I, yeah, go ahead, Alexis. Well, just so you know, Matt, uh, Dave grows his own cannabis out here in sunny California, and he offered as a gift to gift you some of our, our happy cannabis from California. And that's oh, going nice. to be coming your way. Um, Dave and I have made an effort to tell all the friends and fans of, of you know, I, I have some fans here in, in California and throwing throwing out the you know promoting for your your san francisco oh i really appreciate that that's awesome of you let's go dave yeah, so we, sent out like a dozen messages already you gotta come you, you just no, i i, I appreciate don't, it yeah. don't miss this show yeah for sure and i'm i'm very excited about 1015 because back when i started getting into electronic music in the in the mid 2000s 1015 was the spot to see so many of the artist and oh, I, awesome. I personally love that venue so i'm excited it's a it's a great sound system great venue you've got the 
the balcony up there and everything. So, um, so we're looking forward to that. And for those listening, um, I will, you know, the, the dates will be posted here. Um, so some questions for you is, um, to kind of land this is, so where are you now in terms of your life? Do you feel satisfied with, with where you are at in your musical career? That's part A, <laughs> there's some thoughts going on there. And part yeah. B, what are some current goals? You know, ideally, where does your career go from? So two prong question, like right now, are you satisfied? Do you feel fulfilled in terms of having followed this, this musical accident that you you fell into yeah i mean i mean i've been doing it for 15 years i've probably made the same amount of albums one of which i like so i think that probably tells you whether i'm likely to say i'm satisfied I, i'm i'm very proud of what i've built and at various points i've had help from other people for the last half a decade i'm probably more now I've do everything myself so i'm very satisfied that somehow I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I see a lot of people dropping like flies in one way or another around me. Um, you know, I'll check in with someone and they'll be like, oh, I haven't been doing music for a few years, mate. I'm doing X, Y, Z. So, you know, I, I, I am proud of still, still doing it. Um, I would really, 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 really like to do an album that doesn't feel rushed or compromised that sounds as good as i know it can that's my big issue i have is whilst i'm, I'm you know i'm a realist i don't want to spend three years working on something uh by em embers sounded as good as it could most things don't i would like to get i'd like to make a release that i like as much as illusion of the tale that sounds as good as embers that's what my my dream is it, now it won't happen with the next EP and it won't happen with the two more chilled things coming up probably not the ambient release I want to write after that but maybe the one after that mm. where's the pressure coming from to, to do it quickly I I don't have any cool points and I don't have anyone around me so the only asset I have is music um, you know after this American tour I haven't got any shows for the rest of the year i have no shows booked for next year there's no remixes i don't have a publisher anymore um i mean if i came into a big wad of cash tomorrow maybe i'd sit down build a studio that doesn't have cars driving past it in the day and relax and make some amazing piece of work but it, it, it comes down to that thing of you know, I, I would love... I mean, I'm in an incredibly fortunate position. I'm surrounded by guitars and instruments that I've bought through music. You know, you know, all, everything around me was bought from music. I've always invested back into music. Um, so I'm incredibly blessed and incredibly fortunate. Um, but I have done everything myself. So if I stop bringing revenue in, there is no family bank that will bail me out as such which some people have some people don't um but i yeah i don't i don't think i'm from an affluent enough background to be comfortable enough with not rushing um because you know 
then I can load a thousand, well, maybe not a thousand apps on my phone that will all tell me there'll be like a big red number. By the way, this is down. Next month, maybe it will be up. But there's so much data available that it's almost like the apps are prodding you going like, yeah, are you are you being productive? Because you need to fix this, buddy. You, I know that album did great, but it's not doing great now. You should do another one. Um, so it's, maybe it's all within my mind, but you know, I th- I think if I was part of a big enterprise, you know, a, a lot of people see electronic artists and don't understand why there's a label behind them that have two or three people working on them full time with management and uh, an agent and two assistants. And, you know, it's this big crew. Everyone's doing stuff, um, spinning the plates, whereas because it's only me here, I want to get the music out quickly because I need to be over there and spinning the plate over there. So if I spent a year focused on music, well, who's going to update the Patreon or do mailouts or do the accounts and file the tax forms or this, you know, plan the tour, do the logistics. I need to book the flights. Oh, I need to book the hotels. I need to sort out the currency conversion. Uh, it's really boring, but it is the reality of the situation. So I know that I don't have the luxury of time with music. Which, in some way, if I did, maybe I would enjoy my music more because maybe there wouldn't be so many compromises. Um, but it is what it is. It, it's it's kind of how I've ended up um, doing things. And I maybe I'm scared because there's always been a rush, even at the height of my powers, 2010, 2011, 2012. The entire year was sketched out by my managers. I knew what was supposed to be done 12 months later. It was, this is happening in March, this is happening in April, we announce in May, in June the single drops, July the video, August the tour, September the remix, October you're going to Australia, November parties, you know, so there's always been a rush, you know, Fallen Light, I signed to a label that gave me four weeks to write an album and do a 20 track DJ mix, it it was a rush. and it's always been, you need to do this in time for the tour. Uh, and it's been like that forever. So I, I guess maybe it's ingrained in me. Um, but but if the opportunity arises to kick back and, and take my time with it and raise the quality, I will. But uh, um, at the moment, it's not really viable. I've got I've, My cats are really fat and they need a lot of food. <laughs> it all comes down to the cats getting their kill. <laughs> Yeah, you really does. Mine's in the other room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, thank you for you know presenting all of that information out. I I think sometimes we we tend to make a lot of assumptions of you know oh this musician um, is well known throughout the world for his his incredibly original emotive music. He must have all the money in the world. He must not have to worry Mm -hmm. about all these things and. I mean, I, I do all right, but I, you know, I I think my thing is, is just because you're doing all right now doesn't mean you're going to be doing all right in five years. So I think somewhere some of my peers went wrong, not criticizing anyone in particular or anything, but a lot of people at the Hyatt dubstep were like, oh, my God, I've made it. My thought at the moment is, is when does this all fall apart? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to after parties. I wasn't going crazy and partying all night. I wanted to go home and make more music because I needed to get more music out because this is going to be over at some point. And you don't want to look back and be like, I've wasted any time. You know, I never believe the hype. I 
often believe the criticisms, but uh, I never believed the hype. And, you know, it could all be over tomorrow. I could get hit by a bus. My cats could eat me. Uh, I don't know. Like, I need to make the most of it. The, the You know, the, the last... <laughs> the last thing you make the most recent thing you've made could be the last thing you ever make mm. so you really want to make sure it's as good as you can be and as i'm very dissatisfied with most of my music i always want to make the next thing to fix that right right you know I mean? right i i heard a mm. quote once by one of the the rapper singer in outcast and one of mm. his lines is you're only as funky as your last cut yeah 100 percent that kind of thing, that kind of mm. thing. Mm. Well, uh, Matt, fella, fella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however you like. However you like, you know, we're we're really excited to see you do your thing and to share your music in San Francisco. I know you have other dates. All of those will be shared and posted here in the description. Oh, thank you. Is, is there uh, one last message that you'd like to share with, you know, your, your, your fans, your super fans, your fans? Oh, I just grateful like thanks for having me on the podcast um thanks for Dave for, for making it um but yeah just thanks to anyone who enjoys the music um anyone who shares the music uh I appreciate the kind words and support and essentially I wouldn't be able to do it without any of you so thank you so much you will thank thanks you. for all your insight Matt yeah thanks, travels safe travels and Look forward uh, to seeing uh, hopefully, you next week. hopefully yeah i'll see you on the road Sounds yeah good. yeah i just like to finish with an acknowledgement because anyone i invite to the to the podcast is you know there's something meaningful there for me it's not just some you know random person that i invite it's usually it, it's always someone who who's touched me and i appreciate your your authenticity your honesty your humor and you know the insights and i just want to let you know as someone who's listened to you for many years that uh, it is deeply appreciated everything that that you do that you that you worry about your concerns all the the the, the commitment to quality music it's it's deeply received and and your music has been the soundtrack uh, as far as you know ever since I met Dave he's been a brother for many years and for our whole group, our, our we call ourselves the soul family because it's basically, it's not our biological family, it's our soul family. And you have been the soundtrack to many, many, many deep, meaningful, nourishing nights. And so thank you for everything you do and everything you'll continue to do to keep putting out oh, beautiful creativity. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the support. So thank you so much. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, till till soon. Excited to say till soon. I hope you recover from Croatia. I hope you have almost there. Almost, <laughs> almost there. Yeah. If your cats would, you know, maybe eat a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got to release this pesky song in a few hours and okay. get ready. Yeah. Awesome. I'll catch you both later. I'm gonna go get some dinner and see the cats. So. Okay, All right. I don't know how to exit. I found it. I found it. All right, guys. I'll catch you later. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Matt. Alexis, thanks so much for putting all this together. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. For sure. For sure. Thanks for your, your thoughtful questions, Dave, and um, for, you know, the invitation to, to listen to Matt's music and, and yeah, and, and all the recommendations, all the music you like is just next, next level. So, Thank you for being a devotee of music and sharing your passion with me and with all of us that, that love you.
Likewise. I love you. Thanks so much, Alexis. All right. See you.